Here we go, you guys, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnet. Today is fuck, what day is it? Thursday, <laughs> December tenth, and we have on an awesome guest. This guy, I'm telling you, has just an incredible story. Uh, little known facts: he was Taylor Swift's first manager, but now he's doing just some incredible things, and he's helping out a lot of people. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear him. Here we go. Let's dive into it. Rick Barker, right now. Let's get it. Here we go, you guys. Today we welcome on a very special guest. One, I'm super excited to hear about everything that he does. Rick Barker, he's all over the place, but I think you guys are going to know him because at one point he was Taylor Swift's manager. Okay, so I'm super excited for you guys to meet him and talk to him. Rick, how are you today? So far, so good, man. I hope we don't ruin that. No, just kidding. That's what I always <laughs> tell my wife when she always That's asks my- me. She goes... My goal is to make you happy today. That's my goal. Then we're in in the right place. That's perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. So go ahead and just tell me your story, right? How'd you get to where you are, what you're doing now, all that good stuff. Sure. So for me, my passion, I'm in the music space, but my passion has always been radio. That's what I always wanted to do growing up. I always loved music, was not talented or disciplined enough to uh, learn an instrument. Uh, (laughs) Definitely. I had the voice for radio, not for singing. Nice, but, nice. Uh, radio was was the goal. That's what I did for almost 15 years. And in 2001, I was asked, I was living in Santa Barbara, California at the time, and I was asked to build a country radio station. And, and like a lot of people in California, we just kind of made fun of country music. you know? Right. It's, but I grew up in Alabama and I knew who Johnny Cash was. So I figured I was as qualified as anyone else to start this <laughs> radio station. It was also right after 9-11. So the world was kind of in a different place at that time. You know, it's like when I started listening to the music and I started hearing the stories, I fell in love with the format. And what I did was I started asking questions as record companies would start bringing artists through. And I always tell people, I'm never the smartest guy in the room, but I ask really good questions. And one of the questions I asked was, is why don't we ever get to see them play? Why, Why don't why don't we ever get them on stage? And they're like, well, a lot of them didn't have enough material, which kind of surprised me because I came from the rock world where bands could play forever. And then they'd say, well, no one will show up. And I'm like, well, why won't anyone show up? They said, because no one knows who they are. I said, well, if I play them and tell my audience how great they are, I can definitely get people to show up. And they're like, well, that never happens. And I'm like, wait, we can fix So what I did was, is I ended up creating the first ever radio tour where artists actually got paid, uh, which put me on the radar of some record companies in Nashville, one of them being a a company called Big Machine Records. And I ended up getting offered a job to go work for a record company. That's awesome. At that time. And he had a 15-year-old little girl that no one had ever heard of named Taylor Swift. And he said, listen, why don't you take her out and teach her radio and take her out on that tour? And we did. Then six months after that, her parents came and asked me to be her manager. And this was, I had zero experience. Uh, I never went to college. Uh, I had taken some, you know, classes at a community college, but mostly in communications and marketing and things like that. Uh, But I jumped on board and went all in. And for two years, uh, I was with her at the beginning stages of her record career. Uh, We always say from zero to 4 million. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Everything I learned about managing Uh, I learned by doing and uh, two years with Taylor. uh, I realized at that point that I was just not cut out for the road. If I wanted to stay married and be a father to my kids, 
Uh, I was gone 187 days. So I ended up giving my notice to Taylor, relocated my family to Nashville. I knew I wanted to stay on the music side of things. And I knew I wanted to stay in artist development and management. I just didn't know at what capacity ended up getting offered a couple jobs uh, to consult major record companies, mostly on the marketing and artist development side. And then about seven years ago, all these dads were showing up in Nashville with their daughters in sundresses and cowboy boots with a blank check, wanting me to make their daughter the next Taylor Swift. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That though. easy. Yeah. If it were that easy. Right. Seriously. I realized that there were a lot of independent artists throughout the world that wanted to get their music out into the world with the internet. We're now allowed to get their music out into the world. They just didn't know how. Right. So I went and started investing in a lot of coaching mentorship programs in the digital marketing space and realize that I could take my 25 years of experience at that time and put it online. And I did, I created a a program called the music industry blueprint. And I started teaching artists how to be artists. I started teaching them how to be their own record labels, how to be their own publishers, how to get their songs registered. And that just took off. I mean, it was like, Holy crap. Uh, I've now got thousands of artists all over the world and, I've helped thousands of artists build, monetize their fan bases. And that led to a book and that led to a podcast and that led to a YouTube channel. And that just led to me working with the American Idol contestants and doing all this stuff. So that's what my day-to-day is now is that through my online trainings and online coaching is I'm able to help people all over the world see their dreams of getting their music out there. That's incredible. Have there ever been like some other big names that you started, like when you got them and they're like, come to you and they did your program, like, and they were as not, not names that you would recognize. I did that mostly when I was working with labels, but I realized too, is those weren't the people that needed my help. But by the time they were big, they didn't need my help. It's the artist that wants to make 30, 40, 50, a hundred thousand dollars a year doing what they love. Those were the people that I was attracted to that were attracted to me. Uh, You know, if I wanted to chase the next Taylor Swift, I could have easily done that. But once again, I put myself back in the same situation I was in before. I only wanted to work with them to a certain level because what people don't realize is the bigger the artist gets, the more the manager's job is just telling people no on a day-to-day basis, which can be really frustrating. Right. So I would rather find someone who's sitting in their house in some little town writing these cool songs and say, Hey, let me help you go build an audience. Let me help you start monetizing your business. Let me help you get your message out into the world. If you go to my website, which is rickbarker.com, my mission statement is that I want to help influence people throughout the world with music that I didn't write by helping creatives get their music in front of those people, which is now also turned into me helping entrepreneurs build their uh, a brand online, me helping you know, authors, publishers, speakers, coaches. It's like, if you have a message, there's a platform to deliver your message. And I just got really good at teaching people how to use those platforms. That's so cool. So would you say like your day-to-day is just spent like making your YouTube videos, your podcast? I wish. Yesterday I spent, I had 13 appointments yesterday coaching artists. That's what my day-to-day, I have one day, like Friday at the time of us recording this, it's Thursday. Tomorrow, Friday is my creation day. That's when I will shoot videos. That's where I'll create programs. That's where I'll, you know, create a lot of my social media stuff. So no, my day today is basically guiding artists 
Okay, and most uh, of that's that over Zoom world. right now? What's that? Is most of that over Zoom right now? It is. It's funny because people came to me a while back and said, hey, what do you do? I said, well, now I know it's called social distancing. Yes, uh, <laughs> I've been teaching people on Zoom for three and a half years. I've right, been helping so you got to figure it out. Yeah, I've been helping artists do Facebook Lives. It's, it's interesting because so I have a $97 social media course. And in March, when this all hit, all of a sudden, people who had been touring realized there were no more tours. So all of a sudden, right. they started flocking to my course. So I told everyone, I said, my revenue went up and my golf score went down because <laughs> the golf courses here never closed. So right. I was just helping people. Uh, and, and that's the thing is that this, it's never, go, we're never going to go back to normal. You no. know, the music industry got hammered because everything was based on touring. That's how the managers got paid, the booking agents, the everyone, the labels on their 360 deals. So the music industry got hurt. The music business started thriving because now artists were able to find people where they are and that's online. So they started doing what I've been telling them to do for years. Now they just started doing it out of necessity, but I think that's gonna help strengthen the relationship that people build. I always tell them what you're going to build online right now is going to benefit you offline because when you get to touring again, all these people you've just built a closer relationship with Absolutely, through the yeah. Facebook lives and the Instagram lives are now going to want to come hang out with their buddy and their friends and say, you know, it, it'll help you sell more stuff. It'll help you sell more tickets. It'll help you sell more merch. I totally agree with that. So I got a question for you. So John Party, right? Country singer. Yeah, love he John. Started, I love John Party. He started yep. that Party Time, his TV show, right? Or yep. his YouTube TV show. That's yep. something that you'd be like, hell yeah. That's what. That's how you're building your brand, like keeping people like close to you. Well, here's the sucky part is that the music industry is one of those few businesses where the consumer doesn't have to pay to consume your product. They can right. listen to your music for free. They can see the YouTube videos for free. free. So how do you make money? Well, they ultimately will invest in the relationship. So what John's doing is building a better, stronger relationship, showing his personality, introducing his wife, introducing the guys that he writes songs with, showing what a goofball he is. You know, they just really are getting to see a side of him that you don't get to see when someone's on stage for an hour and a half just singing the hits. Right. So I he's so, getting to show who he is. So many questions for you. This is unreal. Sure. Like the, so when people go on and like, they do like barstool sports, right? So if yep. like Morgan Wallen and Hardy, like Darius Rucker, Jake Owen, actually they did a foursome and with barstool sports, like a golf outing. Yeah. That's just them. Like, Hey, would you think they would have done that before Corona? Uh, Jake Owen would have, cause he's a hell of a golfer. Right. Now, yeah. Even guys, Darius, Darius Rucker is a hell Darius of a golfer too. He's played Pebble beach. He's played at everything. So those guys would have been doing it. Right. It's just so there's there's certain personalities like Brett Eldridge. You want to follow somebody on Instagram, follow Brett Eldridge on Instagram. Really? Funny guy. But see, he's been doing that since he first started. That's just his personality. What's happening now are a lot of people are jumping on doing what Jake and Morgan and Darius and Brett and right. all of them had already been doing. Now they're going, oh, crap, this is what I need to be doing. So, yeah, they would have done that a long time ago. I mean. Charles Kelly, who's also a great golfer from uh, Lady A, and Jake, they got involved with Top Golf early on. So okay. it's like you would go, and I've seen Darius on there as well. Golf has always been a part of their life. Right. So they've always tried to include that into what they've always done. So they've been smart. See, the key is this is that find the people that already have your audience and go do things with them. So 
the bar, the barstool sports guys, they have an audience and a good portion of them love golf and a good portion of them love country music. Right. So here was a win-win situation for, for both of those folks. So, yeah, I mean, I remember I was walking through an airport and every pro-am you look up and you see Clay Walker and Jake Owen. I mean, Jake Owen's a great golfer. I mean, yeah, he's he out there hitting two irons on a par three and right. hitting it far closer than the pros are, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's, no, he's super good. And even watching the foursome, Darius was a really good golfer. Yeah, and Darius is at a point. Darius started golfing back when he was with Hootie. Right. You know, it's like, because I was friends with the guys from Toad the Wet Sprocket who and Hootie and the Blowfish were all out at the same time. They all golf together. It's like when they were on tour during the day, the buses show up. Darius pulls out his golf clubs and he plays the local course and plays with the local pro. And his manager probably called ahead of time and got him a free tee right. time. And then it's just always been a part of his world. That's so cool. So my next thing is like hopping into TikTok. So yeah. those TikTok hype houses, like there's, I think like Ashley Cook is one that I follow really well. She's gotten from, I mean, if there wasn't quarantine in TikTok, does she gain? She's at what, like 500,000 followers now on TikTok and she's gaining a lot of streams. Are you, would you tell people in your courses like, Hey, you should be on TikTok? I say if they can bring value to the platform that's where they should be if they're going to try to chase it just because everyone else is doing right what's going to happen is they're going to show up for a couple of weeks and they're going to realize it's very hard and they're going to realize that there's a lot of work and then they're going to quit like most people do so i always say go bring value where you can bring value like i don't spend a lot of time on tiktok because i don't feel that i can teach in 15 seconds i don't right. feel like i can teach in 60 seconds now i can probably learn how to do that but I bring more value doing Instagram lives. I do bring more value by doing Facebook lives. So I tell any person, go where you bring value. Cause ultimately it's about the user experience, not where you think you can get famous. That's so interesting. Do you think TikTok is going to be around for a while? Like, do you think it will be like a Facebook or an Instagram? TikTok is its own animal right now. You it know, is. it's like one of the problems that people are having on TikTok is that people will follow them on TikTok, but they're not able to get them to Spotify. They're not able to get them to Instagram. They're not able to get them to their website. Ultimately, go on these platforms, provide value, but always take them back to someplace that you own. Because if think about everybody who's on Vine, there's no Gone. Vine anymore. Right. Think, you know, it's like we can't control these platforms. We use them as a tool, but they can't. They're a leaf on a tree. Your website is your tree. Your okay. music business is your tree. Your business is your tree. These other things are just leaves on your tree. So if one leaf falls off, the tree doesn't die. Right. You just want to make sure that you don't treat these platforms like the tree. Okay. I like okay. That. That's the best analogy I can come up with. That's awesome. No, I really like that. So is what's your favorite like genre of music to work with? Like, do you like country stars? Like, are you in more in the country music or rock all over the place? Hip hop. Hip hop. Ooh. Because the, the hip hop community, they're hustlers. Okay. They've never had anything handed to them. Right. The pop artists, the country artists, there's always been radio. There's always been tours. There's always been opportunities for rock and things like that. Uh, I like to work with the people that want to hustle. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no shortage of pretty people that can sing. There's no shortage of ugly people that can sing fat people, skinny people. Uh, the internet doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care what your economic background is. It doesn't care what pronoun you want to be called the best music wins. So if somebody realizes that their job, if you have a product, I don't care if it's music, I don't care if it's a business, a restaurant, a real estate company, whatever it is, your job 
every day should be to get as many people to consume your product as possible. So one of my mentors said to me early on, if you have a message that can change people's lives, if you have a product that can change people's lives, if you have a service that can change people's lives, it's your responsibility to find them. It's not their responsibility to find you because the world is crowded. The world is noisy. Everyone's trying to get their attention. So if you can come in and solve a problem, or if your song can create an emotion, or if your product can change someone's lives, you've got to find that person and then bring value to them first, which will ultimately, if done right, bring value to you in the end. That's fantastic advice. I love that. Okay, so I've got two final questions. One, okay. what kind of music are you, have you been listening to lately? Like, are, Do you like hip-hop? Uh, I love Country hip-hop. Guy? Yeah, I, I love hip hop. I love country music. Uh, I, I'm a Sirius XM fan. Uh, there's a channel on there, Channel 47, uh, which for me is old uh, R&B and hip hop from nice. the 90s and 2000s. Give me which some I names. Really Give me like. some names. I'm an old. Give me some names. Uh, well, for for me, I'm a I'm a huge Eminem fan, but I also okay. like the old Ludacris stuff too. It's like yeah, I love all right. Biggie. I love Tupac. It's like. My son, you know, likes listening to the newer stuff. So I'm hearing the Drake and I'm hearing all that stuff that's going on right now. Uh, I love NF. Okay. Uh, big yeah. fan of Logic. Uh, I'm a huge Chance the Rapper fan as not only a, a rapper, but as a person and as a business person. Uh, so, yeah, I love all types of music. I mean, I've got clients right now in over 60 different genres of music. One of the artists I'm working with is a, is a, is a harpist, you know, who does tango music. I've got a... Wow a young female rapper that I work with that she can also sing. So if like Sia and Eminem had a baby, that would be Sky Daddy. I have another uh, hip hop artist that I work with, Alpha 23. This guy's brilliant. Uh, he's a great marketer, uh, you know, and my ringtone on my phone is Bruno Mars, Uptown <laughs> Funk. You know, it's like, that was You're the best the show place. that I saw. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I'm, I am, I'm just a lover of, music. of lyrics i'm a lover of stories i'm a lover of music i just watched the so I, i've been binging like everyone else i watched the garth brooks documentary i love watched that the i love garth brooks i watched the Coldplay documentary i just watched the sean mendez documentary you know i love listening to the stories of the nose the rejections and how they overcame that because what we see when we see people on stage is we see that it's possible. We don't see all the crap that happened. We don't see all the rejection. We don't see all the lost money and lost hours. We just see that, hey, I can do this. Uh, And that's what I like going in and watching and listening to are those stories of how people overcame certain things. Because I mean, people know, those that know my story is, I went from, you know, living homeless on the streets in the 80s addicted to crack cocaine to launching one of the biggest stars in the world. You know, it's like your past does not define your future. I'm 28 years sober, but I tell people, it's like, don't come to me with all the excuses on why you can't. Cause I'm not going to listen to them because I, I could sit there and say, Oh, I could never be successful because I got addicted to drugs and quit high school. Or I could never be successful because I was on the free lunch program or my parents were divorced many times. And I went to three to I don't know. It's like today, if you want to do something, do it, you know, but just have ex- realistic expectations and realistic dreams and just go after it. But the, the technology that's available to us, the ability to wake up in the morning and get your product in front of a person without anyone telling you no, 
that's brilliant. That's right. exciting. And that's what excites me. So I, I just that. tell people just go for something, you know, believe in something, right. do something, but don't make excuses and don't whine. Cause we don't need to hear it. There's too much stuff. It's like, it's like, there's so much, there's so many real problems going on in the world right now. Why you can't do something. That's an excuse. That's not a problem. That's an Agreed. excuse. Overcome that excuse. That's awesome. You actually answered my last question, which would be what kind of advice would you have for the people listening? I love that. Just if, do it. Like Nike do says, like just Nike. do it. You I know? It. Yeah. It, it, it's like, and I, I try to do this with the music people. It's like when they come to me, I'm like, Hey, what do you want? Oh, I want to sell out arenas. I want to make millions. I'm like, okay, why don't we just make a dollar first? Right. You know, why don't we have these realistic? It's like, I tell people this, if you can make 40 grand a year doing what you love, the majority of people in the world are making less than that doing something that they hate. And if you need to make more money because of the living expenses that you have, there's only three ways to grow a business. You need more customers, you need more products, and you need those people to buy more often. That's really the only three ways to grow it. So just go find the right audience and feed that audience. But remember, it's about them. It's not about you. And that's the thing is too often people use social media or they go out telling people what they need instead of finding out what the other person needs and then providing it. And if you go into it like that, how can I serve others? You will be served. It's just, there's no way around it. The more good and the more value you bring to others, the more value you're going to attract to yourself. That's awesome. I love that. Rick, this was awesome. I, you have such fantastic advice. Like if I could say you've had the best advice I've ever had on this show, not about my mind. I appreciate it. And that's not to take away from anybody else that's there because I think every conversation you have with anyone you ever have a conversation with, if we just kind of close our mouths and open up our ears, we can get something of value from everyone. It doesn't matter to me if I'm meeting with a brand new artist for the first time or somebody that's won multiple Grammys. I like to go listen to older people Right. Because I think they may not understand the technology we have today, but the thought process is there. The experience is there. I love just listening to people. I mean, that's why I listen to audiobooks. Cause if I read, I fall asleep, but I Me love too. listening. Yeah. I'm not a reader. No, nope, I'm a listener. Yeah. I'm a listener. I, yep. I, I, I've, I've listened, read, uh, you know, a, a book every month, you know, for a long time, but I love podcasts for that reason. I love right. to just sit back. It's like, there's never been, a conversation that I've gone into that I haven't gotten something of value. Now that value may be, I never want to be like that person, but, <laughs> I, but I've gotten something of value from it. So I appreciate your compliment, but I I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I've gotten a, a, some things from some of your other guests too. So, well, thank you. I, that's awesome to hear. I've been saying my entire, th like entire time I started, I started this a couple months ago. Like I'm just a college kid. Uh, yeah. If I could get one person to listen to it and it changed their attitude or changed something, totally worth it for me. That's the key. And that's the way I look at it. You know, it's like we too often people are trying to please everyone. Right. And I say, if you're trying to please everyone, you will please no one because it's absolutely impossible. So identify who your person is and create content for them. Be okay that it's just for them. Know that not everyone's going to dig everything that you do but just do it for the right reasons. And, and like I said, if you have a servant's mentality, you will always win. You'll always be invited. People will always want to hang out with you. But if you're that friend that just shows up when you need stuff or 
always wants to control the conversation or never listens to everyone else or is always putting people down. No one wants to hang out with you. So I just, I love to show up. It's funny because on these podcasts, I'm asked to speak, but usually when I'm in a group, I like to listen. Like to listen. I like that. This was fantastic advice. Rick, I really appreciate you coming on. This was so much fun. All right, Rick, you're the man. If I'm ever in Nashville, I'm going to hit you up. Please do. I plan on coming down. Okay, no, it's we're we we it's it's a little different right now because right. Well, know, I everything closes early. I gotta tell you my idea. Like I said, my uncle he works at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and you're in the music industry. I want to do something where we can go like when Corona's done, obviously, and get a sure. bunch of these artists and we can go play for the kids. Like I'm not an artist, but I think we could set something. You know up. what's funny is Rascal Flats and a lot of them do it anywhere. Yeah, the... my uncle worked with Rascal Flats and like okay, yeah, they have a there. whole ward over there. Ryan yeah. Seacrest. Set up some stuff. Taylor Swift set up some stuff. Yeah, yeah, anytime. And anybody hit me up on Instagram at Rick Barker Music. Absolutely, DM I'm going to pump your stuff everywhere. Heard me. This yeah, if awesome. you have me on the, if you tell me you heard me on the podcast, let's have a conversation. I'll follow you back. See what you guys are up to. This is awesome, Rick. You're the man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Huge shout out to Rick for coming on the show. Uh, like he said. Guys, give him a look, give him a shout, give him a check. Uh, He's got some fantastic things, some fantastic advice, especially if you're somebody that's trying to make it big in the music world or he has so much stuff to on, like growing your Instagram followers, your Twitter followers, you know, growing your brand, you know, creating more content. So grab his book, you know, listen to his pod, check it out. So check out his website at two. So that link will be in the description. But it's just going to be a short episode today, guys. It's going to be a short episode. I'm in finals. I'm getting screwed with finals. So short episode, but we've got your five daily reminders and our song of the day. So let's go through them real quick. Number one, you are amazing. Know that. Number two, you can achieve anything. Three, positivity is a choice. Let's make the right choice, guys. I know it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher by the day, but those decisions we got to make, let's just make the right one. Let's be positive. Four, your limitations are only in your imagination. Don't set limitations on yourself. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Make your own choices. Go big. Go for the moon. All right? Don't set limitations. Five, don't settle, period. Know your self-worth. Have self-confidence. Like I said before, times are tough. Shit's tough. It's getting winter. Weather's getting cold. But you know what? We're going to get better. My dad said it to me today. He goes, you got to take advantage. You know, yeah, we're in a shitty situation, but, you know, take advantage of the time you have at home. Take advantage of the time you have with family. You know, that's life. That's life right now. There's really nothing we can do about it. So we're not going to let it ruin our day. We're not going to let it ruin our life. We're going to have fun. Uh, we're going to be happy. We're going to make the right choices. And we're going to get together. We're going to get growing. We're going to get going. And we're going to get through all of this. Does that sound good? Song of the day for you guys is... Morgan Wallen, somebody's problem. Not the most like peppy, epi, whoop, whoop, whoop song, but song fires me up, guys. Like it is just, ooh, uh, every single time I listen to it, that entire like four songs has already dropped out of that album. Gets me going, but it's going to be a crazy album. This is going to be a hot take right now. When that album drops, we got like, if we're on a scale here right now in like country music, and who's popular, most popular, is going to go Luke Combs, then Morgan Wallen. I'm telling you, those are going to flip. The tides are just going to go flip, 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 flippity flip, and then Morgan Wallen's on top. Morgan Wallen, I'm going to get him on the show. I will do my best to get that guy on the show. Don't know how I do it, but I don't know. I'll find my way. I'll send so many DMs he thinks I'm a stalker. But what are you going to do for you guys, right? 
we want the content. We want the, the names. We want to listen to people's stories. So we're going to do this, guys. We're going to do this. We're going to get through all of this. And then at the end of this, anybody who wants to come grab a drink with me or I'll go to you, we're going to go out and drink. We're going to party our ass off because we deserve it. We deserve it. We're going to see each other. We're going to hug. We're going to smile. We're going to burn all the masks. And, you know, like when we don't need them, obviously. But we're going to be done with them eventually. We're going to be done with the spit guards. We're going to be done with all that shit. So, but until then, guys, this is what we got. We're going to, this is what we're going to have to deal with. And we're going to get better. We're not going to let it ruin us. We're not going to let cabin fever set in. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep getting better. So, again, I can't thank you guys enough. This is such a great outlet for me. Uh, it helps me out so much. So, I can't even. You know, like I said before, like I try, try not to look at my analytics because I don't care if I get one person to listen. It's dope. Like I'm down with that. Like that's sweet and it helps one person. Awesome. Let's do it. You know, I'm totally, totally cool with it. But seeing that, like I saw one in Germany again, I don't know how these people find me, but looking at the analytics guys, like we're getting a little bigger, we're getting a little better. So I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that we're, we're helping people out and the motivation magnet is going to keep bringing in more people. And we're going to keep getting better. So, you guys are the best. I can't thank you enough. Thanks for listening. And Bama Red 4 on a pull into the party with a 38 sticker on the back windshield. Two tone tank tops slipping off her shoulder. Kind of girl wants to step out the world stand still. Ooh, I know where this is going. Geez, somebody's problem, somebody's goodbye, somebody's last call number that they can't find, somebody's best day, somebody's worst night, somebody's reason for leaving on the poor slide. Think about them tan lines, and I'm thinking, damn, I'd love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes. See, somebody's problem, and somebody's problems about to be mine. About to be mine Kind of girl once you've had her You can't stand to lose her Kind of girl where your friends tell you Don't have it up Kind of girl that goes from trying to just get her number To sliding through the summer To talking about love Ooh, I think I'm liking where it's going I'd like to tell me some of somebody's problem Somebody's goodbye Somebody's last call number that they can't find Somebody's best day, somebody's worst night Somebody's reason for leaving on the porch slide Think about them tan lines, and I'm thinking, damn, I'd Love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes See somebody's problem, and somebody's problem's About to be mine About to be mine Keep me wishing all oh, Let me get to fixing somebody's problem Somebody's goodbye Somebody's last call number that they can't find Somebody's best day Somebody's worst night Somebody's reason for leaving on the porch slide Think about them tan lines And I'm thinking, damn, I'd love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes See somebody's problem And somebody's problem's about to be mine